0: Hi, everyone. I'm Tish Conlin and here's another episode of Tish Talk on Friday. I have uh, Mark Friesen, who many of you know and love. He's been a voice against the insanity. Uh, he's run for PPC many times. He was born and raised in Saskatoon. Um, He's married with three children and two of them work for him in his family business now and before that he worked for 25 years I believe as a corrections officer so got learned a lot there I'm sure. Mark has taught me a lot and a lot of people I know within uh, the PPC and freedom movement about the Agenda 2030 and I'm hoping he'll share more with everyone today, Um, he's even formed a, a nonprofit to oppose this agenda called the um oh let me see if I can find Canadian Forum for Canadian Sovereignty right Mark and he's uh, a true patriot everybody loves Mark and he's tirelessly trying to educate people about this agenda so welcome Mark thanks for your time great having you with me again um how are you
1: Nice pleasure. Yeah, I'm good. And not everybody loves me. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, no, I, I know that myself. When you, <laughs> when you speak out, you get uh, you get a little bit of both, or a lot of both, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. We love you here within the PPC move- and the freedom movement. Absolutely. So let's dive in a few of these hot topics. Uh, some great news. Um, with um the new york state supreme court reinstating all fired vaccinated employees ordering back pay, With um, back pay yeah. yeah and saying that it was ar- ar- arbitrary and even saying that um you know being vaccinated can't prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting the virus and the mandates were only about compliance so they really laid it all out do you think anything like that will happen in canada now that this precedent
1: well, is set it's interesting to compare the two countries and to see what's what happens in the states you know i mean it is what it is america is what it is it's always sort of been a beacon of freedom and and light on the rest of the world and the rest of the world you know follows usually follows behind uh, the united states in that regard so it's interesting to watch these things happen even in a in a blue state like new york <clears throat> You're still going to come across judges that have integrity and aren't corrupt. Um, you know, it's interesting to watch it in Canada where there is still a considerable amount of corruption. And most of our judges are appointed, right? So they're political appointments and they're going to do sort of what their boss tells them to do in a lot of cases. There are pockets, obviously, there are individuals that, that stand above that and, uh, you know, and, and do truly cherish integrity. So we've seen that in a few cases. Uh, Archer Pulowski's won a couple of big ones. Um, and, and there's other pockets throughout the country that we see this. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting to compare the two countries. I think, um, you know, again, America is gonna lead this. and But in Canada, it's important that we as, as people of this country, raise these issues and talk about these issues and educate our communities so people understand that, you know, the more pressure we put on these judges, the more pressure we put on our governments um, through activism and, 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 and being vocal, the more things are going to move in our favor. And so we have to re-engage. We have to take back our responsibility that that we've advocated to other people for a very long time that we thought maybe had their best interest at heart and they don't so we really have to re-engage we really have to put pressure uh, on the system that we're paying attention we're watching and we're mm-hmm. going to hold you accountable for the decisions that you make especially if they're corrupt
0: yes absolutely well i'm hopeful hopeful because it is a democratic state and canada really respects new york that will start to see some movement we can only hope right. um and you know now we have um a, a, you know we have daniel smith um, you know, fairly new as a premier for Alberta. She was formerly with a Freedom Party um, and moved into a conservative, uh, you know, I, it was amazing. She, she was able to become the leader. And already she's getting rid of Tina Hinshaw's chief medical officer, which is an excellent move. And she's getting um, Alberta Health out of the agreements with the World Economic Forum. I mean, and she's trying to establish when, you know, I know you're in Saskatchewan, but she's trying to establish stronger provincial alliances with uh, prairie provinces and, and, and really reducing the federal power. I mean, that's pretty incredible. What are your thoughts on her? Um, yeah, so- I, you
1: know, I'm, I'm sort of, um, I'm sort of a wait and see a little bit with Danielle. I, I like some of what she's been saying to this point. She sort of backed off a little bit of a few things she, she talked about when she was running for the leadership. Um, but, uh, so I'm sort of a wait and see, I, I like what she's saying. I think we have to support her vocally. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and when she, she makes the right decisions, we have to applaud that. But we also have to be skeptical we can't we can't give these people a blank check anymore we have to remain skeptical that and hold their feet to the fire so they continue to do what we want them to do and and so you know obviously they're gonna they're gonna be entering into an election here next year um and you know so i think we we have to understand the game that's played but at the same time we have to hold them accountable I'm 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 confident, I, you know, living in Saskatchewan and watching Danielle Smith uh, give her press conferences and and speak the language we like to hear. Mm-hmm. That's going to put pressure on Scott Moe, our premier in Saskatchewan.
2: Yes, and
1: and that'll do that. We'll do that because the people of Saskatchewan are watching and they're seeing what Danielle Smith is saying, and that's what we want to hear from from our premier. So so you know. that. We have uh, another al- alter- alternative party in Saskatchewan, the Buffalo Party, and
0: uh, you ran for the you know, uh, position. Yeah, and and how did that go? Uh, not well.
1: It was, right. uh, it, was right. it was a city. It was a, a, a an urban riding. Um, it,
0: it, well, good on you, you for know, to,
1: trying. Well, to, yeah. I mean, it's a new party, and and we have to introduce it just like we did with the PPC at the beginning. Yes. Uh, so I got a couple. I got a couple of percentage points to support, oh. but unfortunately, the problem is I think a lot of it in the cities is is apathy, right? Yes. And so out of out of twelve thousand five hundred voters, uh, forty five hundred voted, and Absolutely. of that of that 2500 uh, 2, were NDP voters because wow. the NDP is really good at activating their membership,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and that's what they did. So I think all. NDP support went out and voted that night and they ended up winning the riding. Uh, uh-huh. The SAS party um, didn't do very well. They, they, It's almost like they approached the election like, you know, let's not say anything. Let's just kind of hide here behind the, the trees and, and and whatever happens, happens. They didn't yeah. really take a, a, show, a serious shot at it. So, um, you know, it was a bit of a letdown in, in terms of, of voter uh, apathy. Um Obviously, well, we didn't do enough to inspire them to come out and vote for us. But again, it's a learning curve and it's a process, and, and well, we all understand
2: it. So it yeah, and
0: it, it it's not just you. I mean, here in Ontario, we had municipal elections, and it was an all-time low uh, turnout. And the, the the school trustees and some of these councils have done such harm to the communities, and yet, a right. so few people showed up, and um, you know that that I was personally really disappointed with that, well, and.
1: I think, uh, I think what happens is, you know, this last three years has been so draining on people yes. that they, they literally just want to ignore everything and, and, uh, and just carry on with their lives. Now that, you know, the pressure has been relieved. For and now. so I, I think a lot, right. But, but unfortunately what people don't understand is, you know, how serious the times were in
2: mm-hmm. and
1: what's, what's yet to come uh this is far from over and and so people need to really wrap their head around it and understand that that it's uh if they don't stand up if they don't you know vote for what they want vote for their values we're in for a we're in for a long
0: road absolutely and i wanted to get your opinion on something because you know a few people have broken with me because i um I, you know, I joined PPC and then ran for PPC. Some have said I'd be ruined, some say you'd be, you know, you know, slandered, ruined, others just didn't even, there's so much negative uh, attachment uh, to freedom parties and that's all been done deliberately. Um, and then just some people say that, you know, going against the political grain is dangerous, you know, uh, politically dangerous, personally dangerous. I interviewed uh, a, a Canadian patriot and historian Matthew Arrett. I don't know if you've stumbled upon him. He's, he's a fairly young guy out of Montreal, but really knowledgeable in history. And he went through the history of Canadian leaders. You saw both on the liberal side and the conservative, these great patriots like Laurier and Diefenbaker, who really uh, tried to push against this imperialism from Britain and and really formant a Canadian, you know, kind of an independent Canada, more prosperous Canada. And, you know, they were ousted or Um, Some of these leaders were murdered. I mean, there's just a, a, you know, just a long history of this happening. How is today different? Because what we're facing is a global coup, not just an individual coup. And the powers are far greater because I think a lot of people don't understand that it's critical that every person get involved. It's not just about a political leader fighting. It's now about every individual who understands the agenda fighting to get that critical mass, that tipping point to stop it can you articulate right. why we must all stand against agenda 2030 and it you know it really doesn't matter if you're a political person or a citizen of any place in Canada it's it's almost like someone said I think it was Mike Adams said it's now moral duty to fight against this because we must
1: yes. yeah so it, it, it's sort of interesting to to look out at the landscape in the position that that we're in and when i do it i almost feel like because our politics is so corrupt and it is Mm -hmm. and they've sold us out and it doesn't matter what party you're talking about if it's in the establishment they're part of it they've almost corrupted society right where when you stand up and you stick your head up above the foxhole to be shot off um (laughs) people 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 judge you for that and they judge you for going against the, the popular narrative, the media established narrative. See our politicians, the the one thing we lack in this country is leadership
2: where nobody is willing,
1: nobody is willing to lead and leadership has consequences. Leadership when you're leading a country has consequences politically because when you're leading You're leading by doing the right thing, which might not be comfortable against the popular narrative that's been established by the media. And what happens is our politicians never lead from the front. They lead from the rear. They wait for the media to establish the narrative to indoctrinate the masses into a narrative that they believe, and then they come in behind and they fulfill that narrative. Instead of leading from the front, like a Maxine Bernier does, Mm-hmm. Of course there's consequence, but that's integrity. Absolutely. And that's what we're showing when we do this, is that we have integrity to do what's right rather than what's politically correct.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, 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 and over time, that will stand the test of time, that will at some point rise above the corruption. Um, when that's going to be, I don't know,
0: right? but I
1: know that that I have a role to play in it. You have a role to play in it. Everybody that's involved does, but the people, and this is what I say in every town hall meeting that I ever have is that we've abdicated our responsibility to people we thought had our best interests at heart and they don't, we need to re-engage. We need to take back that responsibility. We need to hold these people accountable that's our job and, and our duty, mm-hmm. because so many people before us sacrificed everything so that we could take our freedoms for granted, which we've all done. Yes, and,
2: absolutely. And,
1: and we need to stop that. And mm-hmm. we need to understand where all of this is coming from. And again, it all comes from Agenda 2030. All of this, all of the insanity, everything that's upside down, inside out and backwards comes from that agenda, all of it. Can we break that down and recognize that?
0: Can we break that down a little bit for some of the people who maybe they hear the term but they don't know what does that mean to their life in you know three years, five years if it's implemented?
1: So this agenda that they have labeled for decades as conspiracy theory, it's not; it's conspiracy fact. Mm -hmm. um, Is an agenda that exists. You can go look at it. It's online. Go to the UN. Type in SDG, Sustainable Development Goals. There's a set of 17 goals. Attached to those goals is 169 targets. Attached to those targets is 239 indicators. So they've created these 17 goals. If you look at those 17 goals, transpose those goals onto the Communist Manifesto, it's exactly the same thing except on steroids. They want to control every aspect of your life. In order for them to achieve these goals, they need to destroy the values of Western civilization. A civilization that's been the best civilization for humanity since the dawn of time. And this is what they need to destroy in order for them to achieve the goals of sustainable development. And that's what they use COVID for. What was COVID? COVID was a virus that we had a 99.7% survivability of. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little bit worse than the cold and flu because they manufactured the virus, adding a spike protein and gain a function to this thing. And in that, then they created enough fear so that people would be willing to give up their freedoms, which we've seen and we saw that through this fear mechanism and propaganda. So they use COVID to change people's frame of mind, to change people's social conscience to socially engineer the masses to accept what's still yet to come. And the, and then, of course, they developed the vaccine that they mandated then and discriminated against so many of us and segregated us to get and prepare the masses for yet what's yet to come. Because if they're going to achieve these 17 goals of sustainable development, they need to destroy everything that Western civilization represents.
0: And I want to say just for people some people are new and believe it. they're just learning this it sounds you might say well we need sustainability goals i mean you know there's big climate issues well if you look at the way we're living in an upside down world it's it's another one it's a complete fraud none of these goals are actually helping the earth they're impoverishing people under the guise of sustainability so
1: you look at you look at the whole co2 uh, hope that's what i consider it's it
0: to be a fraud exactly okay. what it
1: is it's a, it's a fraud in 2012 there was a meeting at the un where they identified the best way to fund this agenda was through a carbon tax an international tax and they called it a carbon tax and what are they targeting they're, they're targeting co2 CO2, what is CO2? It's carbon and oxygen, Yeah, we
0: need it for life. They're they're fundamental
1: building blocks of life on Earth. Without CO2, we all die. If they reduce it below 150 parts per million, everything, all life on Earth begins to die on this planet.
0: Absolutely.
2: So
1: this idea that we need to reduce down to net zero is insane. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's attached to, of course, attacking the farmers and and our food producers.
0: And nitrogen.
1: yes. So what happens? And this is the thing that people need to understand. What what happens when we take 30% nitrogen out of the farmer's hands and out of their ability to grow crops? Well, you reduce crop production terribly. And what does that then create? That's going to create mass famine and starvation. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, if you look at, who created this agenda and why they created it when they created it. One of the priorities of this agenda is population reduction. And that's not me theorizing it, that's just me repeating what they have told us. Uh, There's a clip on my YouTube from Dennis Meadows, one of the co-founders of the Club of Rome, one of the co-authors to a book called Limits to Growth, which is the foundational piece that's bait that the sustainable development is based on he wrote it and he in, in this clip he tells us they need to reduce the earth's population from seven billion to one billion
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and wants to do that in a peaceful way in a in a in a way that we can all share the experience oh. or or the alternative to that is to live under a a, a dictatorship <clears throat> and their idea of dictatorship is this hyper-centralization of power, control, and governance, as well as all resources mm-hmm. under, the, under an unelected, unaccountable foreign entity that's, that's dictating the terms of everybody's life through this agenda that all our establishment parties have agreed to and signed on to, federally, provincially, and municipally. Right. So it's an enormously consequential uh, agenda that they they truly want to achieve and will really stop at nothing to achieve it.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's why they say, and I've learned more about this. You will own nothing and be happy by 2030. And to do that, they have they have the technology, they have the tools, they have the levers, um, and you know now they're they're moving forward with this um, this this incredible push all the time. I see little signs of it. So, I mean, I won't even talk about the transhumanism agenda that's connected to this, um, but that is not Conspiracy theory anymore. It's conspiracy fact on Canada's website and many others, um, because these people who are running the show really believe they're the gods, and we're animals that can be eliminated, played with. Um, we can. They can put devices in us. They can, you know, they get to control our thoughts and minds, invade us. So it's really beyond even slavery. Um, is really what they they're really planning seriously, and when people. You are- you are the carbon they want to eliminate absolutely and that's where this is beyond a government coup in one place where you can say well i'm not getting involved just let you know let let those idiots who are uh, going to fight it fight it and i'll just wait till it's over nobody can wait because everybody's involved everyone's living on this earth today and it's our job to stop this and it's not going to be just a little tiny group who does it because it's too big it's right. a global threat um, and yet small uh, groups are making progress because And I was in, I was very exciting. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee for the Children's Health Defense Conference this past week. And we drove across, made it. Um, and, you know, and I met, you know, I met Robert Kennedy Jr. I met Dr. Malone and um, Dr. Ryan Cole and I mean, all these amazing people. And everybody said the same thing. We, we have to get more people involved. People have right. to get involved, and and it you know it doesn't matter if you took the shot. It's it's not about that. It's a it, it doesn't matter what what you believed before. It's get involved. Let's get involved as a team, human, to stop this assault.
2: Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I I discuss that again at every town hall event that we do, um, and it's it's interesting being in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is one of the only provinces that still has an over fifty percent rural to urban uh, advantage
0: that's great and
1: it is great because the people in rural saskatchewan still cherish self-reliance self-determination independence and Mm -hmm. community and and those those values right there are the antidote to globalism and this hyper hyper centralization and so when you when you go to these places and you tell people what's at stake their way of life is under attack um, they get it, their light bulbs are on oh, and good. we're, we're going through the province activating these people. And I really think, you know, Saskatchewan between Saskatchewan and Alberta, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to, to really sort of lead the country out of the mess we're in. Um, oh, great. we're going to have to lead by example, obviously, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, it's coming. It's, I, I'm hopeful. I'm encouraged,
0: oh, um, good.
1: that, that we're going to be able to do it. So what um, about
0: Manitoba, since you have a bit of the pulse? How
1: are you know are there yeah, Manitoba Manitoba is not far behind a
0: you know the problem is
1: even with Alberta, the, the problem is, you know, in Manitoba they have Winnipeg that's seven hundred and fifty thousand, that takes up a, a pretty good share of the population in Manitoba. And in Alberta you have Edmonton and, and Calgary,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which you know, between those two cities is the lion's share of the population.
2: Yeah, so well,
1: it, it's it, it's a bit of an uphill battle in both those provinces, whereas in Saskatchewan, we're still, you know, we still have there's more rural folks than there are city folks, oh. and it's not going to be the urbanites that pull us out of this mess. It's going to be rural folks
0: Absolutely. with those, those values. I so. agree, and and that's the same type I find in in all the places I go all over GTA, and and I'm in a you know rural area, sort of north of Toronto. Durham so I mean one of the I interviewed a a, a a trucker who's from Saskatoon I don't know if you know Spencer Bouts great young guy who has yeah. a family farm and he said yeah. that you can get a a house in Saskatoon or just outside for like 50 grand I mean is that I mean or somewhere close in a rural area I mean it was he got yeah, it was maybe, it
1: maybe a, in a small town yeah.
0: like a fixer-upper but still I mean that's incredible yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think more people will start moving out uh, that way.
2: Well, they are. We're already
1: seeing it. There's, there's quite a few folks from Ontario that have moved to rural Saskatchewan uh, and even Quebec. Um, there's been a, a number of folks that have have uh, moved here for, for that reason. So yeah. uh, I, the more the merrier. That, that's what I say.
0: Yeah. So one of the things the lawyers were talking about in Knoxville was that we need to eliminate, I mean, in order to solve, I mean, we can't just, you know, keep fighting this and, you know, just kind of laying low. We have to change certain things. We have to stop liability protection for big pharma um, because they can't, you know, they've got every, you know, a lot of these places have lined up many, many shots for people. Um, And we have to have no private money inside regulators in the future, because this basically all these governments are being driven by big pharma and lobbyists. And, you know, they were saying it's too corrupt, the FDA and the CDC, and they both need to be completely dismantled. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the other huge fights, um, we all must resist the digital ID, the the digital central digital currency, and any anything that looks like a social credit score. Now we've got C11 just came through Bill C11 in Canada. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this uh, draconian censorship bill? Will it be fought? Will it ever be implemented? Um, or will it be stopped? Uh,
1: yeah, I you know, I think there's there's you know enough dissension there. Um, I, you know I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but there's there's a part of me. To be honest with you, last night we were at a town hall and we talked about it a little bit. You know what happens when they when they do that? Well, what happens then is people like myself and yourself and and many others. We then organize people on the ground in person and live which is which is far more effective at getting people off their butts
2: mm-hmm. and
1: out from from the, their computer and in real life again i I'm not i, I think <clears throat> I think it actually works against what they what they think it'll be good for I, I think it works against it I think it it then forces us to come together in person mm-hmm. live, and that has such a much deeper effect on people oh, um yeah. when when you're speaking to them in person yes than it does when you're speaking to them on a computer
0: oh you so know what i,
1: I think yeah. i i think it actually works against what they want
0: oh you know what i love that and i i never thought about it that way but you're right um, i do my podcast um you know i was uh, kicked off youtube no surprises there but i love podcasting and i love speaking with like minded but most of the work i do is in person i go you know yes. it, that's what i love i'm you know groups of 50 right. or 100 and i'm i'm going out every week and i think keeping a i can keep a lower profile that way because it's off line and Facebook and that are or uh, you know I'll post occasionally but I hardly I hardly use them. I have some good uh freedom-minded people from all around the world on LinkedIn, which is the one social media I really do treasure. And I was connected with Rob Roos from the European Union, and he's the one who unbelievably courageously got the Pfizer executive to admit they never tested the shots for transmission. Right. Um, a great guy. So I like that one, but otherwise it's all in person and I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, that- yeah.
1: And, uh, I mean, like when, when I'm on, when I'm doing a live stream, um, I, I try not to censor myself too much, uh, of course, because I don't, I end yeah. up getting suspended and I'm permanently suspended off Twitter. I get, I get suspended on Facebook monthly uh youtube I'm, I'm on two strikes as we speak so i didn't even use it the other night um so but and and that's the thing so when i'm speaking live and in person at these town hall events there's nothing i don't talk about <laughs>
2: yeah yeah there
1: is no censorship mm-hmm. like like just try to shut me up <laughs> in, a, in a live town hall event i yeah. dare you mm-hmm. right and, but these, these people, and we've become so accustomed to it. We've become so conditioned to this censorship on, on digital platforms that we almost accept it. And that's insane that we do that, but mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's the power of indoctrination. That's the power of, of, you know, training the human mind to accept these things.
0: Social engineering, so- hearing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%, that's what it is, right? So, um, yeah, I, know, I say do it. Go ahead and see what happens. Um, the, the people still want information, so they're going to have to come out and see us in person.
0: Right. Well, I like that attitude for sure. I mean, I found there's a range. There's people through whatever's happening seem to be suspecting something's up. Um, And then through repeated, I think, in-person touches and information, sometimes them wake up, but it's hard to reach people online. It's hard to change their point of view. And, you know, some people just don't even care and they're never going to look for more information anyways. They just stay with the mainstream. So um, so hopefully that will actually backfire because we need every everything we can get to turn things around. And, and what do you think about the next months with, with terms of food security in Canada? We do have a lot of farmers. Um, and even Spencer was saying that the farmers are pretty smart. They're, uh, you know, they're purchasing nitrogen early. They've got some ideas. Canadian farmers are smart and, um, you know, and they're really efficient with the way they use it with crops. So um, yeah, what is the outlook overall though? friday and import
1: things like right well, you know so big picture i um you know one of the benefits to doing these town hall events is i get to establish relationships i get to establish a network of people throughout the province you know food producers
2: yeah
1: uh, beef producers pork producers chicken producers uh farmers um and i know where to get where i need to go to get my food Um, if, you know, if the grocery store shelves are empty, that doesn't, that won't affect me because I know, I know where to get it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and that's what we need to do ultimately is we need to check out of their system that we seem to be, or they think we're beholden to, and we need to go local and we need to go community based instead of global based that, that we're all, you know, like I said, feel like we're beholden to we have to we have to get out of that frame of mind we have to get out of this you know this throwaway society that everyone goes to walmart because walmart's so cheap but, but why is it cheap because it's full of junk made in china that doesn't last and you end up spending more time buying more things from walmart because nothing ever lasts nothing nothing is of any quality and 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 understand that if you buy local there's going to be quality you know Canadian made or American made, and and yeah, it might cost you a little bit more, but it's gonna last. And the food isn't boxed, and the food isn't fake, and the food isn't full of sugar and additives. Um, you know, go to your establish a community, establish you know, people that you can buy fresh food from. That I mean, I just spend a, a ton of money buying canned goods from friends of mine I know that you know they can pickles they can sour curd they can all these other things and i'm i'm purchasing that from them and it's creating a market mm-hmm. and it's you know it's fantastic i i love it because i know i'm getting good food
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so this is what this is a mindset that we need to we need to get out of this this global matrix that they have as a you know
0: absolutely taken hostage right. absolutely they say and take, and, uh, and I agree. And I believe, you know, your relationship with your local farmers, far more important than your relationship with your doctor. And uh, it never been truer. And, you know, I was, um, I don't know if you know, the uh, uh, Price Weston Foundation, but they're really supportive of farmers. And they were at this conference as well. But they were, they said, everyone should take a pledge. You just take an oath that you're going to give 50% of your food budget to local farmers. And then the rest... You can buy your, you know, pineapple and rice and, you know, anything from the grocery store. If you give 50% sure. local community supported agriculture, we're going to yeah. have really long, yeah, strong food security in Canada. Yeah. And it's easy. Yeah. I do that. I do that now for my winter because I have a little, I, you know, I, I have a freeze dryer and I grow my own a little bit in the summer. I, so yeah. it, it's incredible. It's not even that hard to do it. And every community has farmers. Uh, so, you know, it it it's going to be huge. And then, yeah, learn the skills to kind of be independent: canning, you know, yeah. pickling, and all of that stuff. Um, yep. So, yeah, you know, there is this opportunity to learn to take responsibility. I mean, we've really gotten ourselves. Like, but,
1: but this is the thing, right? And this is—I get a little bit—I get a little bit upset at at fear mongers like preppers and others. I, and I get it. You know, they're in the market. They're they're yeah. they're selling their wares. But at the end of the day, I want people to understand this perspective. Humanity has always been able to solve problems, to build, to create, to innovate, to invent. We, we're very good at it as a species. Mm-hmm. And if the time comes that you can't go to your grocery store. To feed your family, there will be other options made available. Mm -hmm. There is going to be other avenues for you to feed your family with. I mean, look around, right? There's farms everywhere. People know what they're doing.
2: Yes. And
1: if if that means that they sell less, you know, we export less because we're using more at home. Hey, so be it. Maybe that means we're importing less from China. Maybe we're yeah. importing less from Mexico or wherever, yes. and, and and you know we we're really good that way in solving problems. Yeah. We'll solve problems as they come, as they arise, and that again is going is is the antidote to this globalism, this mm-hmm. this you know big global matrix that they want us beholden to. Right. We we don't have to. We don't have to do that.
0: I'm so glad you said that because what human happened, nature
1: doesn't yeah. work that way.
0: You know what? I'm so glad you said that about preppers because, like everything, you can take things too far. I interviewed a guy; I knew him through my work in recruiting, and he said he he kind of lost friendships and everything. He spent like 10 years prepping, and this was way before. You know, he was going down all the rabbit holes. He got paranoid. He had like all these stocks, and he said he lost a lot of joy in his life. Um, and so he kind of started to learn how to live with the new situation without letting it overtake his life in fear and but, he says but. he has a much better lifestyle he understands what's going on he's prepared but he's not out of you know out of control um, and that's all he thinks about he's more optimistic now you know there's
1: a, there's a huge market in fear right like if if you can establish the fear in people then You can get them to buy almost anything from you. And a lot of these people do that. And it's unfortunate. I don't like to see it. I get it. And it is, you know, it is part of the free market. But balance is so important.
0: Balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, when you let fear run your life, like, for a lot of the people who lined up for the experimental shot who were scared because the medium, it you know, it could have harmful consequences i don't know how many people i've heard who've been injured or a family or friend and now they realize they were conned it's the same things when you're living in fear as like i'm trying to avoid the you know the the agenda 2030 i mean you've got to figure it out so that you can uh forge ahead have your you know have your optimism have your joy live your life do your best help out um but don't get so uh crazed about that's
1: it that's the and that's the best way to beat this, right? Yeah. Is just to, to keep carrying on, living your life. Yes, um, and don't uh-huh. and don't bow to the tyranny and don't bow to to these things. Um, that's to, that's how we win this. That's how we, you know.
0: Yes, just, that,
1: just uh, human nature is a wonderful thing. Let's celebrate it. You
0: know? Yeah, that's why we're here, you know, and you know, that's why one of the things to build communities I have um euchre clubs and we play because we have to play. Um and, yeah, and, and just do fun things. And when we're doing euchre, you hear the whole room laughing and that's exactly that's gonna help our health takes away the stress because a lot of people once you start hearing all the bad news you get so stressed out some people you know when i have a, yeah. a detox clinic and i do resilience training people are getting burned out and stressed out and freaked out right. all over so a lot of it's just calm down you know let's look at the the big picture uh little things yep. you can do make a difference get yourself well, inspired, so,
2: you know so part of the problem
1: is is you know we've we've all been brought up in this culture of immediate gratification right and so yes. there's a lot of people in the movement that want to solve this thing tomorrow yeah and it's not gonna it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. we've this has been decades in the making yeah they've been conditioning us and and socially engineering us collectively as a as a as a blob and and there's enough of us now that are thinking outside of that that mainstream box they've shoved us, tried to shove us in and 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 we're building and, and we're going to continue to grow and continue to build
2: mm-hmm. and
1: at some point we're going to hit that critical mass i'm not sure when that is but it's coming yeah. it's inevitable mm-hmm. um you know that that will win this and and so we have to keep that in perspective that it's there's nothing there's no silver bullet there's no quick fix to any of this.
0: But this is a
2: long process.
0: But would you say and, it's going to be longer if people who um, could help don't like you know? Of it, course, of course it will. They're making it worse problem. from themselves. Also from nature, right? And so
1: yeah. things are going to have to get worse before more people wake up uh, until they're directly affected. Until, you know, like even this last few months has been, for me, it's been positive. Because there's a lot of people with inflation, cost of living, going through the roof, Mm -hmm. have been exposed. And now they're starting to listen Mm -hmm. to what's causing all of this. And that's a good thing. So we need need some pain. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more pain. Trust me. There's going to be more. But that's a positive thing because it means... Then people will start to pay attention, right? And, and and that's what we need. And until they're affected directly, they're just gonna they're in their bubble. And they don't they're not gonna listen to Mark Friesen tell them what's at play and what's happening. Because if I do that, then I'm gonna burst their bubble they're in, and they don't want that to happen. They like their bubble the way it is. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And the more they can remain in that ignorant bubble, the better. So unfortunately for them, the circumstances, the consequences to this agenda are gonna burst that bubble anyway. And that's when we need to be there for them. And that's when we need to educate them when all of these bubbles start bursting and they're going to. Yes. Um, and then it's yeah. inevitable that we have that critical mass. Then it's inevitable that we you know at some point we turn this around, and this isn't the first time in history that you know we're going yeah. through something like this.
0: this whole new world order take world takeover. I think they, they someone Matthew was saying it's they tried to do this uh, kind of world coup uh, like two or three times throughout history already, but now sure. they you know they've never had so much technology to use and the tech centered the tech tools on a global level but now we have you know we have Elon Musk who's now got Twitter do you think that's going to Do you think he's going to be on the right side of history and help or what's your opinion on him good guy or bad guy uh, not sure I'm
1: mixed on I'm mixed on him I yeah. mean he talks good game when it comes to freedom of speech but then he's also pretty involved in the digital side of things and transhumanism and and these sorts of things so i'm i'm skeptical and i i always am skeptical about anybody like that i mean he's a billionaire so <laughs> how yeah. many people did he crush to get to get that status
0: <laughs> yeah well we'll see i mean hopefully it will be a small positive at least for twitter
2: right and um, then take and take and take hey, the well, pauses when you can
0: exactly <laughs> Exactly. So I mean, it, it from an individual uh, basis, I mean, what would you tell people to, to you know, to do? Um, How can they, how can they push back? Some people say to me, once I've gotten their attention, and you know, sometimes it takes multiple times, they say, well, what can I do? Like, what were a list of small, like 10 or 12 small items that you could you could say, and it's not too onerous. You don't have to, it's not like you're, you know, spending, dedicating your whole week to it. What would be some of the things they could do? Um, to- well, so,
1: so this, this is all going to be resolved politically. Whether people like to hear that or not, yeah. it's a fact. I it's, agree. It, it's politics. And I hate politics. Politics ruins everything. I get it. Mm-hmm. However, the reason we're in the mess we're in is because we've all checked out of it. We've all checked out of politics. We let these, these characters do what they wanted to do without us holding them accountable. So we have to get reengaged. We have to take that responsibility back. That doesn't mean that everybody has to run for a school trustee position or a city council position. It means getting behind the people that do support the people that reflect your values, support the people that, that will stick their head above the foxhole to be smashed up, you know, support get behind them support them knock on some doors get involved this is going to be resolved politically and the reason again that we're in the mess we're in because we have ignored politics for decades and we've allowed this to happen because of our our apathy and our our you know abdication of responsibility so we have to take that back and you know i I like to see daniel smith say what she's saying publicly because that means okay somebody's done something here in alberta with the support of the people Mm -hmm. to put her in that position to affect change
0: absolutely so
1: so the system listen we we live in a system and i know there's a lot of people in the movement that want to burn the system down
0: no, I don't that's agree. What,
1: yeah. That's what the communists do.
0: Exactly. That's what they want
1: to do. And from the ashes will grow this utopia
0: No, hogwash, Exactly.
1: Right? I
2: agree. I don't
1: want to burn the system down. Yeah. What I want to do is drain the swamp. I wanna I wanna take out the corruption. I wanna fire the establishment and start over with people that have integrity mm-hmm. that'll actually be held responsible for decisions that they've made in that position that was given to them by the people. That's who they're responsible to. So the system system in and of itself can work, but we have to stay on top of it as a people to ensure that corruption doesn't infiltrate, that, that it doesn't go through like it's gone completely through. Yes. And, this, and and that's our fault.
0: That's that's us. Absolutely. We have to change that. absolutely and I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why I mean I'm like you. I never like politics. You get everyone hears, oh, they're all slimy, which has been uh, one of the big problems that uh, people of integrity haven't gotten involved in the political sphere, because they've always been told this, but um, I stepped into PBC because it uh, was the only party that stood against the mandates. And still to date, I'm really proud of Maxime. He's the only uh, national party leader who's spoken and said they need a COVID investigation, yes. called it a fraud. He's uh, He's called out the indoctrination of our children, all the the issues in the school system. So, you know, I, I think we do need a political solution. And look, when you get one person uh, with some integrity or who really understands the the darker agenda, look at the difference she's making already. People, uh, uh, I know Sue Peters talked about her on his last show and was quite quite impressed um, about this glimmer of light in Canada and th- the world is taking notice. So it doesn't take a lot of people but we got to get people in the right positions. Municipally is important, provincially and federally. So it's a good segue to PPC because you're, um, you've been, you've ran twice for PPC, I've ran once. So, I mean, you helped to form the party, you know, Maxine well, um, You you really hold him in high regard. And that says a lot to people. You've known him for years. He's a man mm-hmm. of integrity, he can change his mind. You know, we're all learning as we go right. through this. Um, Some people say, well, what's the chances of PPC getting in, um, you know, any seats uh, in the next election? And why uh, would they split the vote and vote PPC when you've got, you know, Pierre Poliev as the leader of the Conservative Party? I know I have to hit you with that question um, because you explain it the best.
1: Well, so uh, nobody owns my vote. That's that's number one. I'm not splitting anything. I would, never, I would never personally vote for the Conservative Party of Canada ever mm. because I know who they are. They have proven to me since Mulroney mm-hmm. who they are. And, I mean, I'm a guy who recognizes that everything that is effectively or affecting our country negatively is attached to this agenda, an agenda that the Conservative Party has committed to in '92. Made it law in 2008, committed to it again in 2015, a month before the election of Justin Trudeau, who then referred to us as the first post-national state and a country without a core identity. And, and so the baton was passed. They haven't changed who they are. And so this, this idea that that we're vote splitting, no, we're not. I'm, I'm, I'm part of a party that represents my values. And. Conservative people across the country claim to share the same values as me, but yet they give their support financially and politically to a party that represents exactly the opposite of their values. This is how, and this is why I say that the electorate is also corrupt because the media, the propaganda and the politicians, are all not moving in the same direction. They're all committed to this. And the people follow along. Instead of thinking critically and busting out of that frame of mind that we have to vote liberal or conservative for the last 150 years, break free of that. Find a party, Mm -hmm. whether it's federal, provincial, or even on a municipal level, find somebody that represents your values and vote for that person, vote for that party. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's how democracy's supposed to work.
2: Yes, you're supposed
1: to you're supposed to vote for who best represents what you believe, instead right. of just you know handing over your support to a party because they've been around the longest is insane.
0: Uh, it's yes. no wonder
1: we're in the mess we're in.
0: Yes, and this whole this whole thing that they they say oh you're a right wing extreme party well I always challenge that because I think PBC is a middle of the road party we got a lot of people from NDP we were the only ones who stood up for the workers and said these mandates are unconstitutional and we're the only party that was really truly following constitutional um, law you know w- what was right for Canadians and I think we there was people come from the Liberals and the Conservatives and the NDP over to P. There's nothing credible about it. Following the Constitution or Bill of Rights, whatever you want to, you know, whatever document you like uh, as the stronger one.
1: But but here's the thing: this whole left-right thing that is all coordinated. It's all orchestrated. It's all it, it enables the media to frame us as far right. What does far right conjure up in people's minds? It conjures up, okay, Nazis, you know, fascists. But, but the reality of it is, if you look at the political spectrum, authoritarianism, totalitarianism is over there on the left, the far left. The more left you go, the more government you have dictating to you the terms of your life. And who is that? Well, that's the communists. And guess what? It's also the fascists. It's also the Nazis.
0: Both sides.
1: Yes. It's all of them that are totalitarian and authoritarian. The more right you go, the more freedom from government you want. Right up to the point of anarchy, which is no government, no law. I'm a little left of that. But I want freedom from government. I don't want a nanny state. I don't want the government dictating the terms of my life. I want freedom.
0: Me if too. that makes
1: me the right, then pick me. I'm way over here on the right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am.
0: And we want a smaller, accountable government. Now that's, yes. uh, you know, yes, people who serve right. the best interests of the people. There's uh, nothing, you know, nothing extreme, but that we're uh, literally uh, fighting against these totalitarian regimes on either side. Right,
2: which is why when
1: we stand on a street corner with our freedom signs and our flags, there's people driving by giving us the finger because we're promoting freedom.
0: Right? I know. It's so funny. Because
1: because they're corrupt. Because they're, they're dependent on a corrupt government. Mm-hmm. That's that's what these people are afraid of, that the government's gonna go away and they're gonna have to look after themselves.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, then you should probably move somewhere else
0: yeah well it's i mean there's you know there are huge problems let's just put it mildly massive problems when you have the death cult of canada we'll finish on this um where it's it's so easy as they call a, a mature minor to call and have uh the canadian government um you know euthanasia you without your parental consent uh you know you can get these injections without parental consent it's it's very disturbing. Maxime, I think he stopped that. I mean, so you see this. This is something that the Liberals, I mean, the Conservatives wouldn't tackle. And right. it took Maxime. He's not even in government, but as PPC. I mean, I think our influence of this party has been enormous, even though there's maybe no one in uh, government right now. But just putting that pressure on oh, the Conservatives. So throughout, I think we'll be in, in history, it will be... Uh, Something that can be remembered, I hope.
1: Pierre Polivar ran his leadership race on PPC policy. Mm -hmm. That's what got him elected as leader of the Conservative Party. I mean, he he, he used a lot of our policies Mm -hmm. to get elected. So, you know, we have had an effect in Saskatchewan. We call it the Buffalo effect. Um, you know, federally we can call it the PPC effect, but we are most definitely moving the dial and influencing awesome. uh, politics in this country and 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 you know in every province. There's no question about it. And why are we doing that? Because we're active, because we're vocal, because we we are the truth, mm-hmm. and we do have integrity, and we'll stand on our values and our principles, and. And it's working. Mm -hmm. We need more of it, but it's working.
0: Yes, that's well, and I see it myself. I've seen it in so many little fights um, over the last, you know, last year or so. And as you said, this is a slow process. It's not going to be one overnight. But uh, you got to pace yourself and plug away at it, right? While you're, you know, also looking after your health. So. Is there anything else that we, that, you know, late breaking news I missed while I was away or anything you wanted to talk about, but I, I mean, thank you so much. This has been just gems of, of information. Um, I'm, I'm really proud to stand with people. So
1: just, just, I just have one more thing where, uh, myself and Laura Lynn are doing a town hall tour in Southern Ontario coming up here, uh, starting on the second, um, in Barry and we'll oh. be in Barry you can actually check on my Facebook or Laura Lynn's Facebook. All of the dates are there. But we'll be in, in Barrie, in Mississauga, in Ancaster, in uh, Woodstock, um, a number of places in southern Ontario. But then we're going to head over to Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, uh, I think even PEI and, and Newfoundland. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And that starts on the 2nd in Barrie. So, oh, So, anyone yeah. interested... Head over to Laura Lynn's Facebook page or mine, and you'll uh, you'll see the dates and times.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! Well, yeah, I hope that goes really well. I know you you have uh, like just how packed uh, packed houses for your talk. so that's amazing. Yeah, we yeah fantastic! Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Mark. Great to talk to you, and uh, you all bet. the best. Have a good weekend. Take care. You too.
2: All right. Bye now.